Welcome, you're listening to the Leading Hope Podcast. My name is VJ Williams, here with my friend and pastor, Kevin Jack. Thank you for joining us, taking time out of your day to become a better leader. If you're new, we release a new episode every week on Wednesday. You can get that automatically downloaded to your device. Just hit the subscribe button on any of your favorite podcast platforms also share this with a friend on facebook uh youtube and instagram rate and review on apple podcast you won't believe how that helps get this podcast in the hands of so many more leaders just like you visit leadinghope.online get updates and find out more about the leading hope community uh today episode 144 144 a standalone we're out of the series but we're into something new we're still at this you, beautiful place with a lake are, behind we are. shout out to our friend max uh for the digs uh but hey check this out hey actually and caleb and matt they're helping us out again yeah. they're, they're picking up Woo. all this equipment there's this room is full of stuff wires and lights and cameras oh my here we go 144 the title is Pace of change. Pace of change. Not the, I know what you're doing here. <laughs> Wait, what am I doing? I don't, I don't know, know what I'm doing. <laughs> change of pace, pace of change. That is what I'm That's doing. That's what you're Sorry, doing here. Okay. All right, here we go. So, uh, so much is written, talked about, studied on change management. And I want to zero in today just on one piece of that that I think is so important. And that is looking clearly just at the timing, the pace of change. And I may have shared this in an episode before. I had a friend who was a pastor years ago. He shared with a group and his statement was, he said, there's one of two options. And he had just shared like a whole bunch of things he had just done in his church. And I, and I did this and I let go of them and I switched that and I changed this policy. And he ended this whole talk and he goes, hey, there's one of two options. Either you don't know what's wrong in your organization for him, church. You don't know what's wrong in your church. Or two, you're too scared to deal with it. And uh, I'm sitting in this circle with all these pastors listening and I'm thinking, oh shoot. Like if some of them hear this, they're going to go back to their churches and they're going to start fires that they cannot put out. <laughs> and so I tried to like really kindly, respectfully go, uh, there's, a, there's a third option. Okay. Um, that is, you know what's wrong. You have the courage to deal with it, but it's not time. Yeah. That timing pace matters. And uh, when we went through uh, the whole name change process at Be Hope, yeah. we were we had an accelerated timeline because of planting campuses that very, very much rushed us. But it was interesting when it got to the point of a vote in our church board that we were going to change the name from Beaver Creek Nazarene to Be Hope. Uh, we actually had two people who will not be named. Uh, but two people who voted no. And I remember looking at it and being like, why? Like, we acknowledge these are all the things that need to be done. This is why it needs to happen. This is the best option. And the statement was, I just didn't like the process. I didn't like the speed of the process. Right. Which I want to acknowledge how frustrating that was to me. <laughs> In the moment, shout out to those. But I, but I understood it. The right. idea that there is a proper pace to change. And so today I want to give you three ideas on that, I, that sense of, hey, what is a proper pacing? Whatever change you're in, whether it's within your organization, whether you're brand new or you've been there for years, just three ideas to kind of keep front and center when it comes to pace of change. So the first idea is this. Don't ask someone to let go of something 
until they can hold on to something else. You don't ask someone to let go of something until they can take hold of something else and uh, view it as um, like if, if you're on a train, they've got the rails that you can hang on to. You don't let go of the previous one unless if you have phenomenal balance. But if you're my children, what I tell them is don't let go of the previous one until you can take hold of the next one. On a stupid example, uh, I had a friend in high school who was uh, dating this girl and he didn't like her anymore. And it was like this sense of, well, this obviously isn't going well. Are, are you going to break up? And he said, yeah, I'd like to see if I could find someone who I'm interested in before I break up with him. I am not giving this as an example that you should replicate. I want to be clear on, and I'm not making any statements on the character of my friend in that moment as like, (laughs) hey, go and do likewise. This is what I want you to hear is that as individuals, we do not like to live in ambiguity. We, you do not like to live (laughs) in uncertainty. Like you just, that's just not, you're like, yeah, this will be awesome. Hey, uh, your boss is leaving. We have no idea when a new boss will come and who we're going to replace your current boss with. Awesome. Yeah. That's exactly what I was hoping for. So, so we acknowledge that personally, we don't like to not know what is happening, to not be clear on what's taking place. And yet oftentimes in leadership, we ask people to let go of something before we invite them, before they're holding on to the next thing. And I would say it is when you're communicating change, you're not communicating what they're changing from so much as you're communicating what we're changing to. We are always emphasizing the direction of the thing we're taking hold of, not the thing that we're letting go of. And um, another pastor friend illustration is uh, had very early on when I became a pastor, I had a guy who was kind of mentoring me in some things. I know like you people mentor you in the areas of their strengths but you also become aware of the areas of their weakness at the same time. No sure. one should mentor you in all things because no one's strong in all things. That's just kind of this bonus content right now. <laughs> so he's just mentoring me on some stuff and their church was going through a process of change. And one of the first times we sat down together and had coffee and I was like, well, how's it going at your, how's it going at the church that you're at? And he goes, well, I just told everyone Sunday to say like, Hey, if you want to get off the bus, this is the time. Okay. Like we're going somewhere. If you want to get off the bus, this is the time. And I met with him once a month for the next five months. And every time I met with him, I'd say, how's it going? He'd say, well, I just told the church again this Sunday. If you want to get off the bus, now's the time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I got to tell you time four, I'm going, is there anyone left on the bus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no vision on the other side. So acknowledge how you want to be led. Don't ask someone to let go of something until they're already holding on to the next thing. Now, the second idea will take that concept just a little bit deeper. And that is this. You need to be more focused on culture than systems. You need to be more focused on what we value, what we are emotionally tied to than the way in which we do things, okay? So culture, values, systems is process and how we get things done. And I I think what most people don't understand is that you can always be working in the process of change, even if you're not changing anything on the surface. 
even if nothing functional about how we get things done changes, you can still be working on the process because you're shifting what we value. So like real simply, you go, well, how do we shift what we value? Well, what stories do you tell? Who are the heroes in your organization? Who do you continuously point to and say, this is what, what do you celebrate? What do you discourage? And so if I could give like a really easy example, I am like gung-ho as emphatic as I could be on the importance of serving in the church. I think it is the most important thing for not just impact in the community, but your own personal spiritual development. We could talk for hours about how important I believe it is. And I believe, especially for young people, it's the most significant factor for whether they will continue their faith in adulthood versus dropout because we get people involved in the activity in the church, but never the mission of the church. But I will just, I will just end that conversation there. I don't come out originally, like say first getting to Highland Park. I don't come out and go, hey, all of you need to serve. More important than anything else, what anyone is doing, all of you just need to serve. No, I I share stories. I, I highlight volunteers who are making an incredible impact. Yeah. We continuously, so what we're doing is we're saying, hey, the change is happening, but before it's happening in how we do things, it's changing and it's shifting in what we value and what we're focused on. So First idea, don't ask someone to let go of something until they can hold on to something else. And the work that's happening beneath that service is the second idea today. Be more focused on culture than systems. Now, here's your last piece. And this is the part where it really gets in to pace of change is you need to use cultural evidence to determine systems pace. As you are helping people take hold of new values, as you are helping shift that culture, you use the evidence of the culture to give you cues on how quickly you should change how you get things done or simply the systems that you use. So I got a cue the other day. Uh, We were in a meeting and uh, someone on our team said, based upon everything that we're doing and everything that you're saying, um, I think we should, I I believe you're saying that we should no longer use the term volunteer. So that's how they colored it as I feel like you're saying we shouldn't use the term volunteer because everyone who contributes to the mission in our church is making a significant impact and we should see everybody's contributions more equal, whether they're staff or not. Yeah. But their statement was, I believe you're saying that we shouldn't use the term volunteer. I have never said that. Right. I never said that, but that is exactly what I believe. Right. (laughs) And when the person said that in that moment, that's exactly what I thought. I thought, Q, this is taking hold a little faster than I thought it was. Right. So I can speed up my pace on some of these other things because now I have evidence that we're taking hold of the values. It's good. And so that's what you need to be mindful of at all times is you need to be able to go like, hey, where are we culturally And don't determine the pace of your systems based upon, I I think some people run into this thing where they go like, well, I'm going to predetermine the pace of change. That's stupid. Like, you don't know how people are going to respond. You don't know how you're going to respond. Why would you think you know how everyone's going to respond to these proposed changes? We're going to slow roll these things. No, 
The pace of change can be happening at all times when you understand that something is taking place beneath the surface and something is taking place above the surface, culture and systems. And when you use those cues of what's taking place beneath the surface, letting people take hold of the new values before you change how you do things done, you can perform at the proper pace of change and not just do it how you think it should be done. It's so good, man. Um, pace of change. It's, it's, it's funny to say it that way because uh, it's not how we normally want to say it, but you're exactly right. Uh, I want to ask a question on each of your examples, the okay. three that you've uh, outlined and, and, and really kind of highlighted here. Uh, the first one you said, don't ask someone to let go of something until they can hold on to something else. Um, the obvious example that you gave is the train and we see it in the movies yep. and it makes sense right on the surface level. It makes sense. Uh, fast train. It's yep. running off the cliff. Don't let go of that one until you can get off. the Exactly. Other one. Let's talk about a little bit of not so obvious. Okay. Like um, sometimes uh, how do you deal with uh, that when you know that the thing that they're holding on to is dead? Oh, that's a great point. Thank you. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> um, if if what they're holding on to is dead, if they're holding on to it, they don't know it's dead. Okay. You don't help someone transition by, uh, I would say it as like criticizing someone's values is never a great move. That's great. If you're seeking to help transition them to a new season. That's good. So if you're focus. willing to put in the time <clears throat> and the work to move them past the dead thing. How do we, what, what, what's some of the things that yeah, we well, can, could I just say like yeah, this, like, yeah. um, we're not going to get into this, yeah. but right before we started recording, you shared the story of a post hour long phone call with a friend, yeah. helping them see something different. <laughs> yeah. And what you said is yeah. you said, I knew what they needed to hear right away, but I had to take time to lead them into it. Right. So what, like literally it's you fair. just described pace of change yeah. before we ever got here. That's you right. can't just go, this is wrong. Yeah. You have to help see them see it through their own eyes. That's, that's powerful. That's a great, uh, I didn't even realize I did it. So <laughs> that's why you're, that's why it's leading hope with Kevin. <laughs> uh, number two, uh, be more focused on cultural, uh, than culture than systems. Um, I think, it's, that's an obvious statement, I think, but it's so hard. Yeah. Uh, well, I, it's it's not an obvious statement. I think people want to go to systems because it's something you can put a finger on. Yeah, I, I think most people honestly think that all change happens in, in what you can see. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. like, I, I know this is dumb, but sorry, it's not dumb. It's cheesy because it's overused. Like the iceberg is 90% beneath the surface. Yep. Like that's the reality. Yeah. It is the same thing with change. It is 90% beneath the surface values, culture, work, and then it makes its way out on top. Yeah, that's good. Uh, what have what have you seen a serving culture reproduce? A serving culture yeah, reproduce? Yeah, because you said that you gave the example. Oh, that's the big with, thing that I, I don't know if you want to start me on that train again. But I'll, I'll say it like this. I like I've seen in churches <laughs> uh, a serving culture reproduce a sense of selflessness. Yeah. Which can lead to so many other things because people aren't preoccupied with preferences because the thing that they're already attached to is what they contribute and not what they can receive. That's good. That's powerful. Um, 
The last thing uh, you said was use cultural evidence to determine systems pace. And uh, this is I, where it gets fun. I think this is this is the one <clears throat> because it's the the one that we have to. It never goes away. Yeah. Right. It never. It's not like there's a check mark. Yep. Right. You don't go. Oh yeah. I got the evidence. I'm good because yep. the evidence changes as you flow and yep. ebbs and flows and people's different lives, uh, life changes and all these things. I think for me, I just wrote a note here. I'm looking at my notes here as you were talking. Cultural evidence or your cultural cue equals what? Like, what is it that that you're looking for? Yeah. Obviously, the, the example that you gave was they used the word that we don't think you want us to say volunteer. You never said that, but that's exactly what you wanted. That's one cue. What are some other things that leaders can look at as they're moving across the, yeah. their, their landscape? So if I could maybe define that a little more clear is to say the cue is any indication that they're taking hold of the new value and starting to let go of the old value. Yeah. So that cue was, oh, you're taking hold of this serving culture you're starting to see what it can become. Um, an easy one, this is like church plant circles, is you go, your church is not ready to plant a campus until you start seeing it functions easiest in groups is the easiest to see. But the idea is until you see existing groups of friends reproduce with new leaders to reach new people. So what the problem that most churches wanna make is they wanna make this big change and go, we're gonna start a campus to reach new people. But if your people aren't already leaving their existing relationships, aren't already saying, I love you, but there's people who need to be reached for the gospel. And so I'm going to go yeah. over here. I'm going to, I'm going to train this person up to still lead here. So there's not a vacuum and I'm going to go over here and lead here. If that's not already happening, the church plan is doomed to fail. Yeah. Like, because the value is not there. That's good. Um, just, I want to ask this question just from the other side of it, because uh, I think a lot of people who listen uh, would maybe ask this question or at least want to attempt to ask this question in certain instances is what are, what are, there's the, the cultural evidence. Is there false evidence oh. that someone needs to look for that says, oh, I think I need to act on this because this is cultural, but it's not, it's false. It's not actually, um, it's masquerading as evidence, but it's not really evidence. Is there anything that we as leaders should be looking for in the cultures that we're leading to make sure that, that we're actually, the thing is the thing? I mean, I, I would just put it, uh, the question is specific. I would just put it broader and just to say it as like the, you need to be aware of what values your people need to hold to step into the future that you want to step into. And then you need to be aware of what are the signals of those values. Yeah. Is that helpful? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. That's uh, all we got time for today. Once you wrap this up one, four, four pace of change. Yeah. I, I want, I really want people to know today to say, no matter where you are, no matter how you're leading in change, that, the process of change is happening at all times. The pace of change is something that varies based upon the people that you're leading and the values that they're currently holding on. So don't assume that delaying a decision is a wrong decision because it might mean to be delayed if the value is not already held. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you're new to the podcast or haven't yet subscribed, it mean the world to us. If you did that now, also post about it, rate and review or both. You won't believe how that helps get this podcast in the hands of so many more leaders just like you. Love hearing your stories of how the podcast is working in your life or business. If you have a story, visit leadinghope.online and send that to us. We would love to hear from you. And remember, 
everyone, everyone has 20 minutes to learn to become a better leader. Make it count.